Welcome to the Locals Only Lounge. I'm your host, Andrew Dyer. Once again, coming at you, uh, if you are joining us from the previous podcast that ended, oh, about 10 minutes ago, um, I will reintroduce the the panel of esteemed guests we have on the show. First, John Cross. John, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Happy to be here in the lounge and have some good discussion tonight. John also produces this show, not just this show, this show, the other show, the other show, and the other show. John produces about four shows on Bum TV, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're uh, on screen and on mic uh, for the, the shows this season because um, I feel like people need to know, understand, and appreciate all you do behind the scenes. So thank you, sir. Uh, Dylan you Wilson. Words. Of course. Dylan Wilson. Uh, uh, you are also joining us again. Um, tell us about your show. Um, so I am working on two shows with uh, fellow local Mr. Max Bristow, uh, Bums Breakdown, which is a weekly recorded show um, where we just kind of go into some of the more tactical and on-field uh, kind of discussion about the game itself. Um, so if that's what you are here for, then that is the show for you. And then we also have Locals Last Call, um, which we're still kind of just getting off the ground, but that's going to be our kind of like post-game recap show. Um, we have some ideas for where that might go, maybe do it live once or twice. Um, we'll see what happens, but, um, you know, keep your eyes on Bum TV and the Locals feed for uh, seeing what's coming up with that. Awesome. And uh, last but not least, Eric Wilkie. Eric, what's up, man? Oh, not much. Uh, I feel like it is kind of waste though, because I don't have a podcast or I don't produce anything, but I'm here and ready to talk about whatever. So. You know what? We'll You're a local fun. member 96. You are in the original 100. I cannot say that. I am, I think I'm like 211 or 12 or I'm post 200, man. Like you've got me beat by a century. Um, so you, you know, put that up there proudly. Uh, we're, we're glad to have you. Um, so the lounge, um, it's a little more uh, freewheeling and open forum than what we do on the Loyal Locals podcast, where we always have a bunch of like uh, specific supporter information to put out about, you know, merch and matches and events and all this stuff. Um, but we've already done all that. We don't need to do it again. Um, we don't need to rehash it. Um, instead, we like to get into the, uh, the, the sidetrack. This is where the sidetracks lead. They lead right here. Um, and I think we were uh, starting to talk a little bit about uh, supporter groups and rivalries and um, the experience this week. Um, well, let me back up just a little bit. And I, I hate to rehash this or even acknowledge them for a second week in a row. But uh, we did have this uh, very strange, surreal experience with a supporter group from somewhere in Michigan. Uh, they were very uh, cantankerous. <laughs> um, there's about five of them from what I can count. There's about five people in the supporter group. It just came up. They just got promoted uh, from the AYSO ranks, uh, moved up the soccer pyramid and find themselves in USL. Uh, they think they've already won the championship or they've, I don't know. I really, I don't know it because I don't think about it, but <laughs> we went through that last week with them. Very strange. Um, but, Another supporter group who we actually know very well, the uh, Banditos from Phoenix. Um, we've had kind of a history with them. They, they've come over to Torero Stadium in San Diego and kind of uh, been uh, not cool. 
Um, you know, there's just been some, kind of some bad, you know, blood, you know, the kind of arrival. They used to be like the top of the Western Conference, like I guess a long time ago, because it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, but uh, they're not anymore. Uh, they're actually at the bottom. If you check the standings, um, you check the standings from last year. They're at the bottom. Did, did they make the Did they make the playoffs last they, year? They didn't make the playoffs oh, last year. They haven't beat San Diego Loyal in in a, in a long time. Like I think the last three matches. Anyway, a lot of stuff with Phoenix. Uh, Dylan, I wanted to ask you about this because you kind of touched on it in the the first show, but um, we are going to Phoenix April first. So they were just here, and we have an away game in Phoenix April first. I'm going. This is my first time. Uh, like I said earlier, this is my first time ever going to Phoenix by choice. Like I had to gone there for I've gone there for work before. I've had to uh, fly there. To layover because you fly southwest, like you go to Phoenix, then you go on to your next place. Um, uh, so I've been through their airport several times. Um, so I've been to Phoenix never by choice. Uh, April 1st, I will be there intentionally, and it's my first time going into their stadium to do de- deal with their fans on their turf. Uh, what should I expect? What was your experience, and what, what, what should uh, people visiting Phoenix expect? Oh, it's funny that you say it'll be your first time there by choice, and it happens to be April Fool's Day. It almost feels like a joke, right? I am a fool. Uh, uh, going no. to Phoenix, I mean, you are a fool to go to Phoenix at any time, uh, let alone uh, in April. Yeah, fair enough. I um, Well, it feel, sounds like Andrew's out for blood tonight, and I think going to Phoenix, that's the right that's the right mentality. Um, yeah, I went last year, um, and this, this past season, the 2022 season, was um, – you know, I've been following the club since it started, but this past year was the first year that I really like threw my whole self into it and threw myself into the locals. Um, and so I made the away trip to Phoenix. Um, I had a place to stay that I lucked out on that. So I flew out the morning of the game and um, I I went out and I, you know, I met up. I, I, Jason had organized a pregame um, nearby the, to the stadium. And uh, we met up with the crew and I, I remember Adrian was there and there was a couple other people who I know I've who I've seen on many away trips and I, their names are escaping me and I'm, I'm sorry, but um, it was a lot of fun. We took uh, my girlfriend was with me and we took her dad and her sister to their very first soccer game, which was wild for them to be in the away section. Um, I almost feel a little bad, but not really because we won, but um, yeah, it was, I mean, like I said, in the regular pod, the, the tension, you could cut it with a knife. Um, there were people who were not happy with how loud we were being and how much chanting we were doing. Um, I was with Weston as well. Um, and you know, Weston loves to support his team and sing along too. And, um, I remember specifically, there were a couple guys who, like I said, you know, like they were getting up a little close and screaming at us. And it, it, it was, it really felt like a real, like, rivalry atmosphere like let i don't want to sorry go help ahead me under, help me understand so i, I know in torero so we have 109 which is where we are and then a few sections to our left is where the away supporters sit where were where did phoenix put y'all in relation to where their supporters because their supporters group also sit right behind one of the goals so right. where were y'all in relation to them 
So it might change because they've moved the stadium, but it also probably won't because I think it's the, it's same, the same stadium. stadium. Right. Yeah. So the Bandidos were on, I don't know what cardinal direction. They were on one end under the big scoreboard. And we were at in the corner at the other end, not behind the goal, but like on the corner of the sideline um, up in the second deck. It, it, it's one deck, but there was like one row of seats, like a, a walking aisle and then a second section of seats and we were in the corner of that second section that they just gave to us um so we were out of the way so to speak uh, and nowhere close to the banditos at all okay so the the negative experiences you're talking about this wasn't even their supporters oh, group this I'm was like even, yeah no this was your average joe fan who but presumably is aware that the uh the away fans usually sit in this area because i'm pretty sure this is just like the designated away section but to be clear i'm not saying this was a negative experience it was just an adrenaline pumping one um like it it uh, had i been by myself talking the level of shit that i was talking it might have been a negative experience but being in the larger group safety and numbers um yeah we definitely were not holding back we were letting them have it especially after that guido goal uh lots of singing lots of cheering so take us take us back because i don't know if everybody listening uh knows the the circumstances of that goal or this game what was happening and what happened to make it so dramatic so this you know we're out in the desert this is our first time playing phoenix that season um, we scored two goals in the first half. It, Evan Conway and Kyle Vassell both opened their accounts for the season, um, both scoring fantastic goals. And then uh, early in the second half, Phoenix scored two goals, um, <clears throat> and it really felt like the momentum had shifted to their side. Uh, I was worried, to be honest with you. And then around the 70th minute, Guido goes on a run down the right channel, um, he got a lucky bounce where the ball came back to him, but he, you know, whatever, he ends up carrying it. Among makes a great run to take the defender away, and Guido strides into the box and, excuse my language, absolutely fucking smashes it across the goal into the top left corner from the angle we were at in the away section on the other side of the field, literally right behind the ball, perfect angle. The moment he hit it, there was no doubt in my mind that it was going in. And he runs over and celebrates in front of the Chinga Tumaga sign, doing his little dance. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong, trophies and shit, like whatever, that's awesome. But that, that is what sports are all about for me. Like that moment right there, I was so amped. I think you can even see me on the broadcast running down the aisle, high-fiving everybody. Like <laughs> I, I've never been more amped in my life than that moment, probably. It was definitely one of the, like, I mean, that is like the Mount Rushmore of, of loyal moments, certainly of last season, maybe of like the franchise so far was that that goal and, and the uh, everything behind it. Right. The, the drama with Andrew Carlton and the sign and the, the taunting from their fans and uh, Guido shutting them up in such a dramatic fashion. Eric, how did you feel when you saw that goal going? Well, what I remember was that Phoenix had just equalized it like like a couple minutes before they mm -hmm. still had smoke in mm -hmm. hanging in the stadium from you're right the it was that quick after and that's what made it even more spectacular just to see guido go on that run and just right in front of them and just shut them up like immediately it was just uh injected in my veins it was amazing the way it. is you know how sometimes like in a huge game 
when the away team scores in whatever sport and like the stadium goes from raucous to silent and it's just like you can you could hear a pin drop all of a sudden and you can feel the temperature change like it was like that they went from loud to i don't hear a fucking thing like very quickly <laughs> so um coming from that and 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 I think this kind of speaks to like everybody's like uh, attitude toward Phoenix, at least from the locals and, and loyal perspective, right? Um, we don't really have a good like close rival like Orange County. Like they're a rival, they're right up the road, but like there's something artificial about like calling it a rivalry just because I, I feel like we're kind of too close to be good rivals, like. Um, you know, when, when galaxy were trying to poach their stadium, like, I feel like a lot of us kind of like stood up for them and, you know, that's messed up. And like, I, I like their stadium. I think we all kind of like their stadium and, um, we have these bus trips up there and it's, it's one of our best home oh, matches. Uh, it's Torero yeah. North. Yeah. yeah. So I don't feel the same like animosity to like orange County, um, or, or any of the other California teams, even, Oakland, who we can't beat for some reason. I don't even have that. For, you know, their fans came out and, and hung out with us before the match, and, and we had a lot of fun. Uh, so, I don't know. It's 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 not like that with, with Phoenix. Um, there was a game, I want to say it was 2021, where we had, like, invited them to the parking lot, and, and like, the, the fans were on, like, a bus, and the bus came down, and they were just they, – they came down to right – close to where the parking lot was and like we thought they were going to get off and come in and join us and they never did they chose to stay on their bus and um uh yeah it was very much like what's that about so they don't want to be cool like we don't want to be cool either we don't have to be so um i feel like that is part of the whole like uh, rivalry, like where the fans don't like the team, the players on the field, they don't like each other either. We had the incident in 2020 with uh, Colin Martin and the, uh, the, the slur. And um, I think that, I think there were actually, was there more than one slur that year? There might've been. It was LA oh, galaxy two. Oh, well. oh, that yeah, was galaxy yeah. two. Okay. And that was Elijah. And then junior Fleming for Phoenix mm-hmm. uh, with Colin. You know what so I do? A, oh, sorry. Go ahead. That was a game we were beating them three nothing. Mm-hmm. We were whooping yeah. their ass in Phoenix, and you know, it just it really pissed me off that you know, yeah, someone yeah. had to do that. I think the San Diego players definitely feel the rivalry, but I do wonder on in terms of like in the locker room for Phoenix, like their team has pretty much entirely changed since that happened. And don't get me wrong, some of their new players, Danny Trejo probably have their own reasons for disliking San Diego and their fans. But, um, you know, I think that, and I, this, what I'm trying to say is I think that this is the reason that Phoenix is like, for me, the biggest rivalry is that the rivalry is not just on the field. Now it is in the stands. Like it is the fans who don't really like each other. Like let's not mince words, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why it was very fun. It was very, it was almost disappointing that uh, their supporters group uh, couldn't be bothered to come and support their team in San Diego when it's such a short drive, you know, it kind of makes me question 
whether or not they really support that club. Like if you support your club, then I think you make whatever effort you can make to, to go and support them uh, in a match that is a, a, a day trip for you. Um, whether it's Saturday or Sunday, it's a day trip. Um, you call yourself a supporter, you call yourself a supporter group, but you don't even bother to make the trip to support your club. Like, oh, wow. Like uh, the, the away section was pathetic. There was a handful, a smattering of people uh, the people that came were pathetic. They were complaining on social media or, or some. Uh, I should I should be very careful here because I don't know that they were complaining on social media. People who were in the vicinity of them posted on social media that they were complaining. Just to be clear, but the complaints were about uh, a, a chant that uh, that we uh, that we deploy against every team we play against. You you just swap out the the name of the city and boom, that's in the chant. Um, they were complaining about that, and well, it was just really kind of disappointing because I associate Phoenix with traveling well, with uh, coming out and supporting their club. Um, maybe the club has lost a lot of support. I know it's been a long time since they've been relevant or. or um, or won anything or, or been a winner or made the playoffs or like uh, beat loyal. So maybe, I, I don't know what's, what's going on. Uh, and I'll, I'll throw it up to, to whoever wants to take it. What's going on with the level of support for Phoenix? Are any, are people even going to show up on April 1st? I'll, I'll start. I, 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 yeah, go for it. John. I fully expect people to show up. Um, I, I do think it is difference between a home game and away game. And, you know, listening to you speak about how I didn't travel and thinking about how I'm not traveling to Phoenix to support my team. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks there, Andrew. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm, this is I, a group, this is a holistic thing, right? Yeah. Like I didn't go last year, right. but like, like the supporters group, there is a, an effort sure. and a organized, organized thing to kind of get to the away game. I will say I there think... were definitely more people from San Diego at Phoenix last year than there were at Phoenix or from Phoenix at San Diego this year. Right. And I think in general with any group of fans, support a group, whatever, you find out a lot about who you are when things don't go well. Right. So do people still travel when your team is not doing well or they only travel when you do well? Because that one time they took the bus, I mean, they had a huge section. I'd love that, actually. I'd love yeah. having mm -hmm. an opposing group in there. I think it just creates a better atmosphere in the stadium. But then this time, it didn't seem... Like maybe there were some supporters there, but it didn't feel like supporters. It felt more like season ticket holders, maybe, who came out to watch and were going to enjoy their team. And I think they were a little shocked <laughs> by... Yeah. yeah, I don't think they enjoyed their team we, either. Yeah, well, I wouldn't have either. Um, but I, I, I think it does, it it does say a lot about it, just anyone's level of support. You know, it's easy to support when everything's going well. When things aren't going well, how do you do? And and one of the things I think back about is something we brought up in the Oil Locals podcast earlier tonight. Um, that five-one drubbing we got by the LA Galaxy too, and just talking about. Koke's response and Koke talking about in the interview just how the whole section was there the whole game and kept cheering and chanting the entire match, even though 
the outcome was was decided. It was not. It would take a miracle for that to change, but people didn't leave. People stayed, and I think that that is a big difference. You know, do are are you only there when you're winning, or are you there for your team always? I I want to. Sorry, I want to piggyback on what you just said there about the the five five nil against LA Galaxy because I actually that was one of the few games I was not at last season because um, I was traveling visiting some friends up in the Pacific Northwest. But I think that that game is like you kind of what you're alluding to. It's it's like a defining moment for supporters, not only as a supporters group, but loyal fans as a club. Like, how do you respond to adversity and yeah, we didn't make the playoffs in 2020, but there was also nobody in the stands. So fans of Loyal, granted, we haven't, you know, maybe gone as far as we wanted, but I don't think we've had to deal with too much adversity in terms of like really struggling on the field. But um, that that five nil game, uh, you know, like the, some of the strongest bonds are forged in struggle, and I feel as though that game was like a real i don't want to say turning point but like it was a marker put down for loyal fans but especially the sg of just like look we we've got your back this team and you know we want you to do well we prefer you do well but like i i felt like that you know to your point john you know i guess i'm kind of just reiterating you here like i really felt like that was a statement and i was super proud to be a san diego loyal fan even though we lost five nothing. Yeah, I re- I remember that game well. Um, but I remember, yeah, there was just like we kind of at first it was like we were trying to will them to like get back in the game, but you could see that they were they were giving it everything they had. It just it just was not our day at all. But you know, we just didn't. We just kept going, and you know, after it's three zero, it's like you already know, like we're just not coming back. It's just not going to happen, but you know, that's what we're there to do. Right. So that's what we did. And I lost my voice then just like I almost always do. So that's, that's what being a supporter is all about. Right. We're not casual fans. We're not there to just sit there and watch the beautiful, you know, passing and scoring goals. We're there to help propel them to, to do their best. Right. And that's what being a supporter is all about in my opinion. But I think the real test for us will be if we get four or five of those in a row. When that happens in a season, because it's it's bound to happen at some point. You know, Nate Miller leaves and takes a better job, and we get a new coach, and that coach just isn't better the job. same. And we don't. Don't have the you same put that evil on me, John Cross? Don't you put that evil <laughs> yeah, what, on me? What are you saying, John? Don't this see, is America's finest city. Can't you just enjoy yeah. the good times? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this guy's like an atmospheric river. uh, Oh, no, I'm just giving you a hard time, John. I'm just giving you a hard time, John. Okay, so this this rivalry, like to me, uh, this is one of the – and not just this rivalry, but even like the the smack talking with the other clubs or the other SGs, like – like I like to be super ridiculous, right? Like, you know, we haven't allowed a goal in two games, therefore we're not going to allow a goal all year, right? Which is ridiculous, but to me, it's fun to say that, right? <laughs> but, 
because you can't prove me wrong yet, right? Mathematically, it pencils out, right? So, like, I like to be extreme and 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 talk at a ridiculous like level there, and and even when we're dealing with other teams or dealing with other fans, like it's the same thing. Like to me, like that's what's fun about like being in a supporter group is just like like you don't have to be like a realistic sports analyst like i don't have to i don't have to be like right. yeah well you know they have a really robust attack and you know we, <laughs> i don't have to be like that i can say hey our crest is is uh you know san diego our crest is loyal and therefore it's impenetrable like nothing can i can be ridiculous right um and, and this brings up something that john and i had talked about before the match and that's like you know, everybody kind of gets into it, like, because you're a soccer fan, I, I would think that that's what kind of draws you to the match or, or uh, and then when you get to the match, maybe you see what happens in the supporter section and that draws you to the supporter section. Um, so, uh, and this is something that John was uh, talking about. And so I'm going to ask John first, um, what is it about a uh, supporter group and being involved with the supporter group other than the soccer on the field, other than the cheering for the team, what is it about the the SG that uh, that makes you want to kind of commit all this time that you do? And, and I mean, I know you're not getting paid to do these podcasts and to produce these shows, but uh, what is it that makes you uh, want to do it? What's your what's your favorite part of of the uh, outside the the field stuff? Yeah, that's a that's an excellent question. I it's so hard to pin down one specific thing. I'm going to throw out a few and just kind of as they come to me stream of consciousness, because I kind of think of it in terms of, of, uh, you know, how the season progresses. So during the off season, as we get ready, one of my favorite things is the schedule drop because then it's real for me before it's talking. And, you know, maybe we have players, but until I can see who's our home opener, when do we go up to Orange County? When, you know, do we have all our different matches and, you know, are there going to be away trips I can make? Um, uh, to me, one of the, the biggest things that I, that gets me really excited in terms of the team side of it is, is the schedule drop. I like the kit release. I like other things, but when that schedule comes out, then, and, and maybe it's because I do the podcast as well. So now it's planning right now. I'm like, okay, now, now I can really start figuring out what I want to do. Um, I, I love, even though I haven't been able to make many of them since the pandemic, uh, but just in general with other groups, whether it be the San Diego outlaws or something going on away trips. I mean, I, I love the, the away days kind of stuff. I think the friendships you make and the experiences you have, you just have so much more time you're spending with people. I really enjoy those. Um, and just in general, the, and I think we have this very well in our supporter group, but just the camaraderie between everybody. We have all ages and genders in our group. I mean, just a huge, huge mix of people. And it's, I, I just, I enjoy sharing the soccer experience with everybody else. I, I, as I joke with people a lot, I was here, you know, going to soccer games as a kid before the San Diego soccer's when they were the San Diego Jaws. I remember going, my dad taking me to games, going to games as a kid to see the outdoor soccer's. Um, 
And then everything was gone from an outdoor perspective. Tried to get involved with the Flash and the Gauchos and just couldn't really get into it. Got excited a little bit with the um, NC Battalion when they started up and then actually started doing some work with them, doing some of their live stream broadcasts. But was really wanting a team that I could root for because I never picked up a Premier League team or anybody else. I wanted my San Diego team. I've been holding out for 35 years and now I finally have it. And frankly, I love just about everything. I, I can't get enough. I love doing this podcast. I love talking with people and finding out their stories uh, and finally getting to do something that I've seen other people enjoy in their own city with their own teams for most of my life. I finally get to do that now. And, and maybe, maybe that is my most favorite thing that I, I finally get to do this. You know, it makes me feel like a kid. I'm older than most people in the supporter group and it makes me feel like, you know, a kid again. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. What about y'all? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Eric, you want to take it? What, what about you? <clears throat> sure. So I can kind of, I can definitely appreciate where John's coming from um, with the whole uh, father-son aspect. As most of you probably know, my son, Rohan, is usually my little sidekick next to me there in 109, uh, waving flags and everything like that. But I uh, just really enjoy being able to have that experience with him, and it's something that we do together. So that's really special to me. Uh, like John said, the, the camaraderie with everyone uh, is also really, really nice. Um, you know, I don't have any issues with anybody there. I've never seen any issues with it between people. So it's just kind of unheard of uh, at sporting events from my experience in other sports, uh, really. Um, I kind of like just the history of it um, being, you know, at the beginning of this club and we were here when it started. Right. So I'll always have that. Like, that's why I get as much memorabilia and stuff like that. And I have it in my closet and I just try to collect stuff from every season just so I have that, that I can like pass on later, you know, because I want to have all the history of this club. And then like, I try to soak it all up. Um, and I'm not from San Diego originally, but I've uh, been here quite a while i've had three of my four children were born in san diego so i feel like i'm close to a san diego as you can get without being born here um so i really like don't feel like this is my club too well uh, half of being a san diegan is not liking people from arizona so you're <laughs> so pretty I've good i've got that in spades so yeah um but yeah i just really feel like this is something special and like being able to meet like hall of famers that are a part of your club i mean come on Shannon McMillan, Landon Donovan. I mean, it's amazing. Um, and, you know, I've gotten to know Ricardo a little bit over the past couple of seasons, but as a stand-up guy, um, Warren, who helped start the club and now is starting New Orleans team in the championship, uh, got to speak with him and meet him. So just like the, the access that you have to the players, like I remember like so many of these guys from the first season, uh, the first uh, road trip to Orange County, um and you know we waited my uh, rohan and i waited at the team bus after everybody else was gone and we we talked to everybody you know it was just like those kinds of memories that i'll have it's just uh i don't know if that's specifically part of the supporters group but that's kind of how much i am invested in this club right <laughs> so i don't know 
<laughs> no, those are all great, uh, great reasons. Dylan, what about you? How did you get into supporter stuff and what is it you like about it other than the soccer on the field? Um, well, I, first of all, I just want to say John and Eric, both. I really appreciated just hearing both of your stories. I mean, I've met both of you guys plenty of times and talked with both of you, but, um, I learned something new about both of you just now. And I really appreciated that. Um, I am also like Eric, not from San Diego originally. Um, I am from Oakland, uh, and so Californian, but not so Cal. Um, I came here in 2019. Um, I, my, my parents retired and I moved them, helped them move down here. And, you know, I wasn't doing much with my life and I liked it here. So I, I stayed. Um, and so I have been a soccer fan for a long time, but have been never really had like a truly local club. Um, I was at school in Flagstaff, Arizona for five years. Um, so you know, if hating people from Arizona is what qualifies you as a San Diegan, um, there might not be anyone more qualified than me. Having is that is that years. NAU? Yeah, Northern Arizona. Go Jacks, the LJs. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, uh, you know, we didn't have any, we didn't have any pro sports up there, let alone soccer. Um, and the Flagstaff is very barely Arizona. Come on, man. You can't... Yeah, no, it's it's its own thing. Like Flagstaff <laughs> is its own thing. Um, no doubt about it. But I I like to tell people because I think when people find that I spent time in Arizona, they're surprised. But anyway, I'm getting way off track here. Uh, but the point is, growing up in Oakland, pre roots, and going to Flagstaff, Arizona, where I was never going to root for a team from Phoenix, I never really had like a local local team. Um, so when I got here to San Diego, I looked into it and found that 1904 was a thing, but that obviously, you know, whatever, we don't need to dive into that. Um, but once I found out about Loyal and, you know, what they were doing, um, both on and off the field, I was, I was pretty sold. And once I started going to games, um, you know, it was pretty easy for me to get into it. Um, and as far as the supporters group, the thing I love most is what drew me in is the community. Like I, I love sports. I grew up on baseball as an Oakland A's fan. Um, so, you know, I, I have rooting for a struggling team. Like, you know, that's part of my DNA um, or rather not struggling team necessarily, but rooting for a team for things beyond the success is like part of my sports um, just kind of the lens through which I see sports. And so don't get me wrong. I love the way that loyal play. And I love that, we win games and stuff, but um, I've always looked for the things beyond the on the field play. Um, and so, you know, when I got to start getting more involved with the locals and I got to know everyone and how, what a, you know, what a good person everybody involved was, it was just so easy for me to start giving more and more of my time to this. And um, it's gotten to the point where, you know, I had a conversation with my girlfriend actually last week where I was like, look, I'm going to be giving a lot more of my time to this podcast and stuff. And, like, I'm going to be much busier. And she, you know, was super supportive. Shout out to my girlfriend, Gabby. She's been super supportive of me doing all this. Well, that's um, that's clutch because let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. She deserves the shout out and more. Um, but, yeah, it's the community. And to the father-son point we've been making, um, I kind of actually am going the other way. My dad brought me up in baseball. And to his credit, we still have that. Um but I've got my dad into soccer, and he's a season ticket holder now. I sit with him in 108 um, right there at the top. Um, him and my girlfriend and my roommate, my dad, and you know some other friends, we all sit up there. And 
it's great if you ever need a break to sit if from 109 um i bounce back and forth usually uh but yeah so it's just the community for me i'm sorry i've gone super roundabout here but this is the lounge right we're getting to know each other this is what it, um, this is yeah, this is exactly. where the sidetrack this is like where the sidetrack goes we're we're, we're all about sidetracks um it's funny because uh yeah so uh, i i am also not from san diego uh funnily enough or or not but uh um, I've been here since 2009, which is kind of a long time for me, at least. And, um, yeah, I was, uh, not a soccer fan, not, not, I did not grow up with soccer, didn't give it any thought. It was all about basketball for me and like the Spurs, which was like my hometown team. And, um, so, uh, they, when I got out here, I don't didn't care about the Chargers. Uh, you know, I grew up as a Cowboys fan, and you know, by by 2012, 2013, I was out on the NFL anyway. Uh, baseball, I like always like the Padres. Like uh, I visited San Diego when I was like ten years old, eleven years old, and went to a Padres game at uh, Jack Murphy stadium uh, in uh, 1991. And so like San Antonio doesn't have a baseball team. So like the Padres were like my team. Like I didn't know anything about them. Like I liked, uh, I liked Nolan Ryan and I liked the Padres was like my, my baseball thing. But uh, yeah, um, my kids started playing soccer and uh, that got me more into watching soccer because I needed to know like what, was going on and understand the game a little bit but uh for the sg it's like um you know i went to uh, a game in san antonio in 2015 when they were the scorpions and they were playing in the nasl and uh i saw uh the supporters group do their march and there were people uh in the march with drums and i was like oh no shit you can play drums as an adult uh and do that like because i used to be in band and i played uh you know drums or one in my my senior year i was uh you know, i played bass drum and i played snare drum in concert season so it was like it was super fun but it's like when you if you leave high school or if you leave college or whatever like you don't you don't go and like be part of like a marching band as a as an adult like in the real world it's just not a thing so seeing like the the supporter group and they had drummers i was like oh that's like awesome if i lived in san antonio still like that's what i would want to do and so when the loyal started and the supporters group uh started I was obviously was like, oh, here's my chance. I can I can play a fucking drum now, <laughs> and that's what I do, and that's what I did. Um, I went out and and I actually just bought a a drum, and that's how I got into it. But uh, it's always been about like uh, kind of being part of something. I think it's a great way to like uh, make friends and meet people you wouldn't normally meet in your normal life. Um, as I'm sure you all know, it is kind of difficult to make new friends as an adult and uh you know when i i was in the navy and when i left the military and all my friends uh slowly and steadily uh you know 
PCS down to San Diego, they all left. You know, for a long time, I was just kind of left like, well, damn, everybody I know is gone. They were all in the military. And, uh, you know, it was uh, it's kind of difficult. And then, you know, I think it's a great way to like, you know, like, I think everybody's talked about community. And, um, you know, we saw like somebody like like Nick who moved here, Nick Duffy, who moved here from New Zealand and uh kind of got here and already had like a group of friends because he was um a soccer fan and wanted to be part of the sg so uh, i think it's a great way to like have that community and find people um so um but another rambling roundabout way um other than community i'm with john the away trips the away the away bus trips uh going to to vegas and going to orange county and going to la in the group and like wearing your colors and wearing your scarf and, and, and chanting and trying to be louder than the other SG um, and, and trying to annoy the, the home fans in your vicinity, just, you know, the, the tribal aspect of it is, is super fun. Um, so, well, especially when the, uh, the away team's ticket reps make it super easy to annoy home fans by putting them in the row directly in front of you. You know, cough, cough. I, uh, yeah. You know that was not a great that was not a great match for me personally. No. <laughs> that was not an ideal situation. They moved. They moved. They they did move eventually. <laughs> but that was poor on the home team's ticketing. That, that should Those have are the, never happened. The only people who bear blame for that are the ticketing people for OC. That like. We don't bear blame. The fans don't bear blame. Like the only people who bear blame are the ones who orchestrated that. I, I probably yeah. bear a little bit of blame. Okay, maybe Andrew. I wasn't that. super. I wasn't super cool to those poor people who had no idea what was coming whenever these these people rolled into their state. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well, it happens. Okay. Well, just maybe just a little bit then. <laughs> All right, John. Um, let me, let me ask you, um, is there anything else we need to get to in the lounge? Uh, there's nothing I don't think we had planned. We're, we're pretty open at the moment. I, I have something to bring up just as an aside if you don't have anything. Is, it, is that for you to go? The, right, floor, okay. the floor is yours, sir. <laughs> Alright. Only because we've had this conversation before a little bit in discord and you know there were some concerns about the san diego we are here chant i'm i'm curious to get everybody's take and i mean i i can go maybe and give mine first um because i know there when it was it last year i guess it was last year or maybe it was the year before i don't remember but we we generally are pretty clean with our chants and I, I am always a big proponent of, you know, you sing for your team. To me, I want all my energy to go towards the team and not towards, not towards the ref, not towards the opposing supporter groups. And I think this one brings up an interesting conversation because I've had people ask me, um, like, where do you stand? Because, you know, we have the F word in there. And you mean you know, fuck? it's not all about our team. What's that? You mean fuck? I do mean. 
thank if you you're wondering if you're wondering where yeah. i stand <laughs> um so i I I remember seeing some of the conversations in Discord and I remember having some conversations with people and for me I'm I'm kind of on the fence about that one because two of the the stanzas are really about us. Just that last one is an acknowledgement towards the other team. And I while I generally am not a huge fan of anything that goes towards the other team, this is one I think where I I kind of straddle the line a little bit. Um, and especially in terms of using the word fuck, is I, I am absolutely against anything that's abusive, kind of towards directed at people in an abusive way. And in some of my conversations I've had with people, you know, and maybe it's my father being English and having a different relationship with the word fuck than maybe most Americans. Um, and in, in this case, it's used really for emphasis. And I think it sometimes when people hear it, it's jarring because they don't normally hear it from our section. And in in having some conversations, it's not really, to me, it's not really attacking any other group. It's like, we don't hear anything over there. Um, Like step up your game. Yeah. So I I think that's, it, it reminds me of like, uh, so when I was, uh, I grew up in, in Texas um, and I spent a lot of time in, in West Texas. And uh, when I was like in middle school, I'd go to these school dances, one, because I was lame and two, <laughs> because what else was I going to do? I was 13. I couldn't drink. I hadn't discovered the, the I, I was not at the place in my life to, to have anything better to do. But they would always, at every dance, they would always play the Cotton Eye Joe, right? Which I, I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with Cotton Eye Joe. There's no lyrics to Cotton Eye Joe, except for the one part in the, it's like a line dance type of thing, but there's one part where everybody yells bullshit, right? It's the only lyric in the song, and but everybody dancing yells bullshit. And it's, it's like the funnest thing in this group to just yell the word bullshit. And so, like, if you know what a public school is like, if a bunch of kids are yelling cuss words, you know, that's bad. That's But, like, except when the Cotton Eye Joe was on, like, they didn't care. Like, nobody ever got in trouble for yelling bullshit at the school dance during Cotton Eye Joe. That's just because it was, like, understood that that was, like, the thing or part of the thing. And I, I can't really explain it any better than that, is that Everybody would yell it. Everybody would have fun doing it. And none of the authority figures, the teachers and whoever was chaperoning uh, ever made a big deal about it. And these were like very, it was a very large dance. So I kind of look at the chant like that in that, yeah, you, you know, normally we're not uh, just talking like that or, or having it in the chant, but in that one chant, you know, once or twice a game or maybe three times uh, with Phoenix, um, you do it. And it's, I mean, it's a, it, it, there's no harm, you know, we're not, uh, it's not a personal attack. Like John said, it's, it's used for emphasis, but the thing is, it's like supporters groups, uh, you know, the supporters group is not, 
and, you know, it's not a kindergarten. You know, you 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 go to uh, football matches in in Europe or in South America, other places in Latin America, and you know, these are not daycares. These are not, you know, places where uh, things are clean, that things are orderly, or that they're not, you know, extremely passionate, confrontational, or you know, there's a lot. There are a lot of worse things that happen in, in football stadiums in other parts of the world. So I don't I don't think that it's uh, necessarily something we should uh, strive to do more of. I don't think we should have more chance where we yell the F word. But this chant, it's a really good chant. It's a catchy chant. It sounds good. It sounds unlike every other chant we do. It, it, it has a different kind of, different, little bit of a different cadence. It has a different melody. Um, it's different from all the other ones. And, you know, it's, it's got a little bit of a zing, a little bit of spice, a little bit of flair. And I think that it's not, not a big deal. Um, I, I personally don't have much to add what you guys have said. I, you know, I, I totally can understand the points about people with kids are, you know, wanting to be a little more sensitive about language. Um, I personally came up in a household where language wasn't a huge deal. You know, my parents tried to prevent us from using, um, spicy language, I'll call it. Uh, but by the time I was 10, you know, my mom's Sicilian, like it was just a part of life. She admitted to me that she knew I got it from her. So I personally am not very sensitive to it. Um, but I also acknowledge that like, I can really only speak to my experience. Um, I think it works great in the chant. Um, I think that if you tried to change it to really anything else, it weakens the chant. But I also acknowledge that if you are trying to, um, you know, foster respectful language with young minds um uh, the chant is more fun this way is not necessarily a great argument um sure. but, but here, you know you gotta, you gotta respect kids man kids are no, kids yeah. aren't dumb like kids are smart and i think that having a conversation but let me preface this by again saying i don't have children but well you don't have to I, have children to but i think kids. having a, a conversation with kids where you just say look this is what this is. You know, you don't have to explain the actual meaning of the word to them, but just say like, look, this is a word that is being used here in this context uh, for emphasis. And it's not a word you should use in your day-to-day -day life. Like I, I think kids are generally smart enough to understand that conversation, but that's my impression. I'm a bad parent. I'm just going to say that I'm going to preface this uh, <laughs> with saying that I'm a bad parent because I've okay. Like, just know where I'm coming from. Like, I would not let my kid listen to, like, the clean version of Kendrick Lamar. I was like, no, you're not listening to the clean version. Like, you're going to listen to the real version. Like, he wrote it this way. Uh, you know, the artist did it this way. We're listening to the real version, right? And that's, you know, when he was, like, in first grade. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have a hang-up about language. And maybe that's a personal thing for me. Um, I mean, I... I do speak with, uh, I do, you know, I do talk like that. I was in the Navy. It's a big part of like Navy culture. People, people swear. Um, I try not to do it like too much, but I just don't care. Language doesn't bother me. Um, now there's certain words. Um, I'm not going to tell you what they are. I'm sure you can imagine. There are certain words we don't say. There's certain words I don't say. And I don't think that would be 
uh, anybody would argue with those particular words. Um, the F word is not among them. It, it's it's a great word. It's the most versatile word in the English language. Um, but the thing is, is like, like my kid. I mean, he's like fifteen, almost fifteen now, and he doesn't talk like that. And I even make fun of him for being afraid to cuss because, like I said, I'm a bad parent. But <laughs> you know. I, I don't know. I I, you, I I just I've learned to like trust kids to know what is acceptable and what's not acceptable. Um, and I've I've never like centered myself around my kid. I don't you know from when he was you know I just, I've never you know been a, a person to like watch my mouth around the kids. I I talk how I talk and uh, you know for better or worse. I don't know. Maybe I'm lucky. My kid didn't. Pick it up, but like I said, bad parent. Well, I, Eric, what about you? I feel that any sporting event you go to, you're going to hear some of that language. Um, maybe not from a whole section chanting it a couple of times a game, but I guarantee you, you are going to hear some cursing at any sporting event you go to. Um, if like you sit you close said, to the field, you're going to hear it from the players. 100%. Exactly. Or the coaches. Yeah. Um, I feel like maybe three times was a bit too much to use it in that game. Usually we use it once, maybe twice. It's and like a I, first half and a second half. Normally it's twice. Yeah. Once in the first yeah. half, once in the second half. But and we really like, couldn't hear anything. There was we like really five of them. Hear, there was I mean, nothing. I mean, it's not like dollar that we do to hear them ten times a game. So I understand, you know, being a parent, I understand that people don't want to, you know, expose their children to that sort of language in some cases. But like I said, if you're taking them to a sporting event and you're around the general public in that kind of environment, it's going to happen regardless. Um, so while I understand that point of view, I just, I don't think that you can actually have that expectation when you attend a match like that. And again, this word is not being used in a derogatory manner. It's being used for emphasis. I mean, who was the fans that shamed? Who are the fans in in England? This is just a couple of weeks ago. So, didn't Man U have a player that got in trouble for sexual assault for rape? And yeah. and the 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 fans were chant had a song. She said no. She said no. Like <laughs> they had a song. Like I mean, if you go to a Man U match, you go to Man City, you go to any of these Premier League matches. Um, I would imagine you're going to hear some language that uh, you to might be find fair, objectionable. You're right, but to be fair, the English do something, so it's okay is not necessarily the best argument. <laughs> no, because there's some really bad chance in English. Hey, these are the, the English are the English. These are the biggest clubs in the world. This is the biggest no, league true, in the world, true. right? Yeah. Like, So I'm, right. I'm not saying we should model ourselves after the English fans. I'm not. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, uh, you know, start a, a riot or, you know, I would not throw a bag of urine at anybody. Um, but like, you know, there's a lot worse things um, in soccer uh, supporter culture or ultras culture, you know, in other parts of the world that um, are far worse than a little colorful language. I think is yeah, my if, point. if that's the biggest complaint about us as a supporters group, I'm I'm happy to take that that we use the f word four to six times a match you know 
I think Eric makes a good point there that if that's the worst thing you can say, then we're doing all right. And I, I also want to say too, and I, I understand that this is not like a perfect solution, but I sit in 108 usually, um, like I said, and uh, so right next to the supporter section. Um, and from right next to the supporter section, it's pretty easy for me to talk over the line where you all swear. If I, if for whatever reason, I think there's somebody who doesn't want to hear that. I remember one time there was a guy who had been asking me a lot of questions about the game and he seemed really interested, but he also seemed very conservative. So I was like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want this guy to hear us swearing. Right. So I made a point to talk over it every time. And it was super easy. And I'm in the section next to the supporter section. So again, I recognize it's not like the best solution, but if you're really just committed to drowning it out. It's totally doable. So nobody's ever complained about us having together drinking beer in a chant. And I'd argue that alcoholism is a far worse uh, <laughs> problem in society than, uh, you know, a word that you can say one time in an, a PG-13 film. Um, but if you say it twice, it's rated R. So, well, I mean, I, that's where we're I at. I will say, I, I think Sal and uh, uh, Jack Cronin also know our chants because I noticed uh, you could hear it and they knew when to pause so you could hear that line very clearly on the broadcast. Mm, yes. I was uh, pretty impressed by that. <laughs> I know that you could hear it uh, last year at Orange County, uh, the away match. That's because um, that stadium's so quiet. Can't throw on the broad. That was, I think I did not make that one, um, but very funny. Uh, and, you know, it's just one of those things. Not everybody's going to be happy with everything you do. Um, but, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, it's it's a supporters group. It's not a daycare. It's not a kindergarten. You know, it's it's grown people doing grown people stuff. Um, it is family friendly. Uh, you know, as long as you can tolerate swearing and drinking beer, because people beer drink enough. beer in the section as well. So, um, yeah, uh, that's kind of it's grown folks stuff. It's 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 soccer. It's a you know, it's a competitive sport. It's it's a robust, energetic uh, environment in the stadium. We strive to create that culture in the stadium. Uh, supporter culture is not for everybody. Um, if you, you know, there's a lot of seats in the stadium that are not in the supporter section. I I wager that most of the seats are not in the supporter section, and you know, it's not for everybody. That's a fact. It's not for everybody, and it's in fact, it's not for most people. Or, or this water section would be the whole stadium and there'd be one little stadium, one little section of people sitting down watching their mouths, but there's not, there's one section where, where we do that. And the rest of the stadium, uh, you know, you can take a nap in if you'd like, but that's not going to be this section. That's not going to be what we do. And that's, I think that's the right way to manage a supporters group is to, to be, to really go at it and to go at it all game. I just personally would like to make sure when we go at it all game, it's in support of our team, right? To not not get into some of the things we do hear other supporter groups do that, that you know, excluding the chant we're talking about, but just that we are always when we're singing and chanting, it's it's directed towards our club, our players, our team, trying to support them. We are supporters rather than. Um, attack anybody else, yeah. and I think we've done yeah. a very good job of that over the years. I don't, I don't think that yeah, has been an issue agreed. at all. I would just like to make sure that we always keep that course, because I think that's what kept us going through that 
that LA Galaxy 2 game we talked about earlier, right? Yeah. We didn't, it didn't devolve into attacking the LA team. We, we stayed the course supporting our team all the way through for 90 minutes. Koke noticed it. He mentioned it. We noticed his words about it. I think those are the things that I would really like to make sure that for those 90 minutes, that that's who our energy is focused on. Absolutely. And if you remember that 5-0 loss to LA Galaxy 2 and Preston Jed scored his goal, a person sitting in the general section was photographed on Twitter giving him the double bird, <laughs> which, you know, that's not even in the supporters group. And that's happening there. Further making my point that it's gonna, you're gonna see it there, right? And it was, yeah. from what I remember, it was an elderly lady with gray hair who was showing the best. You love it, which it was amazing. I, uh, I, I think I want, part of it is just like the because, like John said before, like there hasn't been, you know, professional um, soccer or outdoor soccer um, in San Diego. Um, so I think it's kind of. It's new to, I mean, it was new to me, the supporter culture. It's new to everybody. Um, and I think that as fans come to the game, it's new to them, right? Uh, drumming and chanting for the whole game. You know, that doesn't happen at wave matches. That that, that happens at loyal matches. And so, you know, it's, it's you know, something that everybody is learning to live with and, and, and learn to kind of enjoy. And I think that... Um, as we go on in the years, uh, it, it'll just become. I don't, I don't think if you go to a, a Timbers match in up in Portland and and hear some of this stuff, like anybody's going to bat an eye. They've been doing it for a long time. I yeah, obviously we want to be all inclusive, and it's not like we want to say, well, if you don't like it, go to a wave match. But it's just something that you need to expect is going to happen when you go to a sporting event. I think. I, oh, I'm sure there's people at wave matches. I mean, yelling. Um, I, I I feel like this sport, unlike some of the other sports, like the level of decorum expected in the stands, you know, it may not be, I'm not saying it's lower. It's just different. It, it, it's a different, the relationship, the, the supporters and the fans have with the match in front of them. It's just different than the other sports. It's way different than baseball. Da, 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 da. It's I mean, different than baseball in America. I just to be clear, I think the World Baseball true. Classic has yes. definitively <laughs> demonstrated that it's it's America who is boring baseball fans. Yeah. Um. I wanted to say though, first of all, to your point about the Portland Timbers, yes, their supporters swear. I've sat in with the Timbers Army. Incredible time. Highly recommended if you're a soccer fan in America. Uh, Providence Park is incredible. But I wanted to jump back to something John said about um, the supporters supporting the team rather than talking about the other team. Um, I've had conversations with people about this. Uh, Nick Duffy, our Capo star included, um, about how the energy should be spent towards supporting the team, right? Um, and I I do want to point out too, because I think in the conversation about the, the San Diego We Are Here chant, um, this conversation often centers around the line about not hearing a fucking thing. Um, but that's only a third of the chant. The other two thirds of the chant are supporting the team, right? Like we are the Tory green. We're the best you've ever seen San Diego. We are here to sing some songs and drink some beer. Like I, I, I totally understand the apprehension about, um, you know, the usage of 
certain words, but uh, I, I do, I totally, I just, I guess what I'm trying to say is the point about wanting the energy to go towards supporting the team totally resonates with me. Um, this is probably my like hottest Padres supporters take, but I think the beat LA chant is lame as shit. A bunch of fan bases use it. It's about another team. Why are we singing about LA? I don't like LA. Uh, I digress. Anyway, I totally resonate with the idea of supporting the team. Um, but I just want to, I, I want people to remember that the San Diego, we are here chant while it has generated some conversation is first and foremost, at the very least 66.66 repeating percent in support of the team. So sorry, that was my piece. I've been holding that in for a bit. <laughs> I, I would argue that it's actually a hundred percent because we're so loud. That is why we can't hear a fucking Exactly. We're de- we've made ourselves deaf because we're so loud. And I think people who have been around soccer supporter culture for a while and know that chant, because it's not our chant. That chant has been mm-hmm. around with lots of clubs and lots of teams. It really is a bit at like, like step up your game, you know, to yeah. the other group. It is a little bit needling, but it's like, and, and frequently teams do it. Like I, I noticed someone said in the chant that we did it. You know, maybe it was overused, but it got used after each goal. That's when it got used. And that's typically for a lot of teams when they use it, because as we've talked about before, like Guido's goal in Phoenix, you know, you can hear a pin drop like the the rest of the crowd or the crowd for that team when they get scored upon usually goes silent, which is not something we do. Right. We keep going. But you get... The team goes silent, and that's usually when the other supporters kind of take advantage and throw that chant out, like, like, okay, like we don't hear you now. So, you know, it's it's kind of, I think, understanding the overall context, and I, I certainly get the apprehension with kids with the language, but it it's one of those that while I do always say I think everything should be directed towards our team, that when, you know, maybe I'm kind of going against what I say a little bit, but I'm. I'm that one kind of just rides the fence a little bit for me. I'm okay with that one. Um, it's also, it's just overall, fun. To, just it's just fun to yell context. the effort in a huge group of people. I just highly recommend it to <laughs> mm-hmm. anybody. If you haven't yep. done it yet. It's very cathartic. This is true. This is true. <laughs> All right. There is a video on floating around the socials of uh, the, uh, that line in the chant. Um, if you, search it out on i think the locals shared it um i know i saw it in the discord um i want to remind people if you are still listening in the chat um, and you're not in the discord please get in the discord this is where all these conversations happen 24 hours a day seven days a week um we're all in there uh, more than we should be and um if you are a locals member that is full paid or uh, a free member you do get Discord access. Um, I know I do occasionally see posts um, on Facebook uh, once a week when I open Facebook. Um, so I know there are still people trying to communicate in the Facebook group. Um, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're, what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing on Facebook. I don't know who you're talking to in that group. I know it exists because I'm in there. But come on, get in the Discord. Um, it, it's much, I mean, I'm... You know, yeah, of course, ideally we should be on all channels, but listen, it's all happening in Discord. Please um, come on into the Discord and join the conversation. Um, I know we're, we're, we're over an hour. Um, 
I don't think we have any more burning topics. I'm going to uh, try to wrap things up. Um, if you listen to this podcast and you did not listen to the uh, Loyal Locals podcast, um, it is a much more focused, um, goal-driven podcast where we mm -hmm. uh, impart uh, valuable information about uh, match times and events. Uh, so please, if you're listening to this on your feed, uh, take the time to listen to that podcast as well and find out what's going on. Uh, Dylan, once again, uh, where can people find you? Um, people, the best place to find me other than Discord, which again, you should be on the Discord if you're still watching at this point, uh, is on Twitter at dwill, D-W-I-L-9-4. Um, that is while Twitter is still a thing. Um, I do want to say real quick, though, while I'm talking, um, I do, uh, on the topic of just kind of the lounge and how we've gone way over time here, I really, really appreciated the conversation we had about how everybody got into supporting San Diego Loyal and got into the locals. I thought that was an awesome bit of just like raw human interaction. I super appreciated that. Um, so thank you all for that. That was a lot of fun. Um, and to build on that, I wanted to say, um, if you're deep into this, if you're this deep into the podcast, you obviously are super in the local sphere. Um, we are working on another show uh, that will hopefully be coming maybe next week. Um, not 100%, still kind of in the works, but where we're going to interview Locals members and kind of get their story about how they got involved uh, with the Locals and how they came to support San Diego Loyal and how they got into soccer. Um, so we're working on some getting getting some people for that, getting some hosts. Um, so keep an eye out for that on your feed. Um, it's still in the works, but I think that's going to be a good one. I'm very excited about it. Um, so I just wanted to give that a quick plug while I had the floor. So thank you. Awesome. Yeah, um, that'll be that'll be awesome. Looking forward to that. Eric, where can folks find you, sir? Uh, so I'm in the Discord at Eric Wilkie or on the Twitter at, at Eric D. Wilkie. So either, either one. <laughs> and John, where can people find you, sir? Also in the Discord at John Cross, and I want to thank Dylan for everything he said because I was going to say something similar. So thank you for for saving me the time. Awesome, thanks. Yeah, it was it was it was great. Um, I'm always interested to hear how people get into this and how you get into this super weird hobby that we all have. That's uh, so much fun, and um, I always struggle to explain it to people who uh, don't get it and uh, don't know what we're doing. Um, so it's awesome to, to hear everyone's stories. Um, so yeah, thanks for joining us. I'm Andrew Dyer. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew P. Dyer. Um, I'll be here next week. Um, I don't know who is joining us, but join John and I, uh, next Tuesday once again, as we, uh, uh, give you the latest from the supporter group. Thank you so much.